0: I hope that your weekend is starting off beautifully. I can tell you mine definitely is. I am talking with you on here and later today, I'm sharing a conversation with you between me and my friend, best-selling cookbook author, Emily Pastor. Now, Emily and I have been talking a lot lately about cooking burnout and ways to combat it. And we both have come to this realization that the thing that brings us the most joy in cooking and in the kitchen is when we're doing things that are more like for us more involved, more learning. So not so much the like weeknight meal cooking that can be frantic and crazy and you're dealing with picky eaters and time constraints, but that more nourishing, indulgent cooking. And so Emily's on the show today to talk a little bit about that kind of cooking and some projects that she's been working on. And I am staying with that theme for today's recipe and telling you how to make homemade English muffins. These do take a little while, but not like a lot of hands-on. It's kind of little steps that are interspersed. And so it's a great way to do something very like connecting with yourself and your roots and your love of cooking, touching dough, all of that kind of thing, and not take up like your whole weekend. You know what I mean? Okay, so you're going to start by getting out a medium-sized mixing bowl and combining a half cup of bread flour with some warm water and a half teaspoon of yeast. Then you mix it until it's all incorporated well, cover it loosely, and let it sit for about an hour. So this isn't something you usually do when making a normal dough, but you're kind of trying to develop that like slightly sour flavor, kind of like a starter, sour bread starter, but of course we're not taking that long with it. You can leave this on the counter for up to 24 hours. The longer you leave it, the more flavorful it's going to become. Then I have the instructions for this if you have a stand mixer, but you can absolutely do this by hand, so I'll tell you how to do it by hand as well. With the stand mixer, you get the bowl of your mixer, you combine that starter with the yeast that you just made with four cups of bread flour, ice cold water, some powder, powdered milk, sugar, butter, and another teaspoon of yeast, a little baking soda, and baking powder. And you're just going to stir that up in the bowl mixer. I use the hook and I just let it go with the hook. If you're doing this with your own arm power, you're using a wooden spoon to mix these things up. Then you're going to add in some malt vinegar. So you're getting some real tang in there, you see? Okay, now you're going to want to knead the dough. So with the dough hook, you're going at low speed for about six minutes. By hand also, six minutes. And to knead by hand, You're going to want to put flour on your work surface and you get the ball of dough there and you kind of pull it towards yourself, fold it in half, push it away, and then pull it towards yourself, fold it in half, and then push it away. That's what you're going to be doing for about six minutes. Then you're going to sprinkle in some salt and then you're going to do it for another five minutes by hand. If you can go further and longer, the longer you can. With a dough hook in the mixer, you're doing 12 to 15 minutes. We really want the gluten to break down in this recipe. That helps get you all those little nooks and crannies in the bread. So you're kneading or a dough hook kneading for longer than you normally would for a normal kind of bread. You should have a loose, sticky dough at this point. If it's really too sticky, then you can add some more flour. Of course, if you're doing this on the counter kneading the whole time, whenever it gets like way too sticky to really handle anymore, you're going to need to use more flour. What I typically do is I get a measuring cup with flour. I put it beside me as I'm working and then I just grab some of that as I go whenever I need it. Okay, so once your dough is ready, you're going to get out a big bowl and you put oil inside of the bowl and then you put the dough inside and then you flip it over. The idea being that the dough gets oil on the bottom, but then you flip it over so that oil is on the top and that's going to protect it from drying out. Now you have two options here. You can just cover that with a moist towel or sometimes I like to use plastic wrap. That'll work too. In like a normal room temperature room for an hour and 45 minutes or you can seal that well, the plastic, maybe even some foil around it and put it in the fridge overnight. I Would check on it before you go to bed and make sure it hasn't risen too far so it's overflowing your bowl. Then you'd want to punch it down and let it continue. The great thing about refrigerating the dough overnight is it means if you want to have these English muffins for like your Sunday brunch tomorrow, then you have less work to do on that day. There is another rise and there's like other stuff to do, but not as much. And then you can have them ready for your brunch. Okay, once your dough has rested at room temperature for the hour and 45 minutes or in the fridge overnight, you're going to get a sheet pan and dust it with cornmeal. Then divide it into 12 equal balls and smooth those balls out as good as you can, kind of in your hands, these nice rounded smooth balls. Then put them on your sheet pan about two inches apart and then using the flat of your hand, you flatten the balls down to about three quarter inch thickness. Now there are these special rings that you can buy to make your English muffins perfectly round and you would actually use those here and then as the the little balls of dough continue to rise, they stay in those rings. But this dough is actually firm enough that it's not going to just spread out all over the place. That would work better if you had like a very loose like a crumpet dough or something like that. You don't need those here. Okay, so you rolled those balls, you flattened them down on the cornmeal dusted pan, then you flip them over so the other side gets cornmeal on it too, then cover it with a moist towel and let it sit for 30 minutes. After the 30 minutes, you're going to preheat a griddle or a big skillet over medium low heat. Now this is going to be that same battle, I've talked about with so many different things that we've cooked, from grilled cheese sandwiches to Nashville hot chicken. The battle is always making sure that something is cooked through in the middle enough without burning on the outside. So, what you're really doing is kind of monitoring the outside, the bottom that's going to be in contact with your skillet to make sure it's not getting too brown. And if it is browning too fast, then you drop the temperature down. These are going to need about five minutes per side. So, if you're noticing that it's browning at like the two minute mark, really, really brown, then you know that's going to be too hot. Now, you could even try just doing one of these to start and get a sense of that temperature and that timing, and then you'll know how to do it when there's more in there. More in there are going to cool the pan down when you first add them, but you're still going to kind of get a sense of how long this takes and what you're looking for and what you need to do. Okay, so once your skillet is nice and warm, medium-low heat, you're going to transfer those flattened balls with the cornmeal on both sides into the skillet. I use a spatula, like a metal spatula, to lift them and put them in there, and then you cook it for about five minutes on one side checking underneath to see if you need to adjust that temperature and then flip them over and do the other side another five minutes. Now at this point I actually do another couple of minutes on each side. So it's five minutes on one side, five minutes on the other side, and then two minutes more on one side and two minutes more on the other side. And that just the flipping originally lets the side that was in contact with the skillet cool down a little bit. So then you get to flip it over again and it's going to keep heating into the inside of that muffin without burning on the outside as quickly. Then you just transfer them to a rack to cool a little bit. They're going to be, you know, brown on those two sides that were in contact with the skillet and light and soft on the outsides, just like store-bought English muffins. Let them cool until you can, like, handle them easily. And then, very important, you use a fork to pry them open. You don't want to use a knife. Why is that? Well, we did all that work to rise the dough properly and beat the gluten out of it and everything. That was to make those little nooks and crannies inside of the dough. If we use a knife to cut it now, we're going to kind of, like, destroy all of that and make a very smooth cut. If we open it with a fork, it's going to kind of break open naturally where those nooks and crannies are, and then we get all of that where all the butter is going to melt into all those little spots, you know what I mean? Okay, that is how you make homemade English muffins. I will put the link to this recipe in the show notes for this podcast episode, or you can head to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and get it there. And don't forget to come back later today at noon for our weekend edition of Recipe of the Day. I am talking with Emily Pastor. About cooking projects like these English muffins that really feed a cook's soul that make us feel excited to get in the kitchen. I cannot wait for you to hear that conversation. I'm Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, the all new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. Let's get cooking.